Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about influence. I've been talking about this kind of off and on for the last several months, but I really want to sort of hit the nail on the head over something that's happening in the culture right now, because no matter how old you are, no matter what station of life you're in, the Bible teaches that you have influence. So stick around. We're going to talk about influence today, and I think you're going to be encouraged. So you guys, thanks for hanging in there with me. I'm slowly but surely, I'm starting to get my voice back. And I've been, you know, just trying to take it easy a little bit. The Homeschool Resource Center that my husband and I and our family have been working on for so long is up and running. If you want information on that or you want to see what God is doing in our little uh, corner of the uh, the world over here in Vancouver, Washington, you can find us at fphrc.org. That stands for Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. So Jay and I have been running this nonprofit organization, Firmly Planted Family, for quite a long time now, over 10 years, and we really have a heart and passion to see God's people Uh, be equipped with the Word of God and be able to engage the culture, which is the whole reason why we started Firmly Planted Family in the first place. So it started out as a resource just for homeschooling families, and now, of course, uh, we speak to moms. I do all over the world. My husband and I travel with our children several months out of the year, and we have just now come to the end of the speaking season. But there's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So if you are going to be in my neck of the woods, or actually I'm going to be, I should say, in your neck of the woods, if you live in near Sparta, New Jersey, I will be there the 5th and 6th of January. Tickets just opened up for that event. It's a new event and ticket prices will go up here pretty quick. So if you're interested in coming to that event, I will link back to it in the show notes today. We're going to have a great turnout there uh, in Sparta. I'm really excited. This will be my second time coming to Sparta. And so we're just super excited about what God's going to do. And then just a few weeks after that, I'll be visiting Dayton, Ohio. And that event is actually starting to fill up and ticket prices will be increasing for that event pretty quickly too. So if you know somebody near Dayton or Sparta, uh, grab a friend, get your pastor's wife, get your Bible city group, get your mom strong group and come on out. We're going to have a great time of encouragement in the word of God. I am just, um, thrilled for what God is doing through MomStrong International. If you haven't checked that out yet, you can do so at momstronginternational.org. And we are looking to see what God will do through a generation of women who say, you know what? We are going to come back to the authority and the centrality of the word of God. We're going to love like Jesus did, and we're going to embrace people like Jesus did, but not sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. And this is really the heart behind the MomStrong movement is to equip women who have influence. And if you're listening to this today, you have influence. And I think sometimes we forget, right? Sometimes we forget that we've been given influence, that we have an opportunity to speak into the lives of young people around us, or to just to speak into the lives of people in general. You know, I was saying uh, to the women in Kansas City this last weekend that we are Uh, men and women of the King of Kings. We belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who the Bible says spread out the heavens like a canopy over the earth. And I've noticed this generation is being driven by fear. And oftentimes that takes us out of the public square. Uh, I had a, a, a reader 
uh, email me the other day about something that's going on in Azusa Pacific University. And this is the perfect sort of segue into what I'm talking about. So just this actually just happened uh, a couple of days ago at Azusa Pacific University. Many of you are familiar with Azusa. I certainly have. A lot of my friends uh, went to went to college there. Azusa is a Christian university. Azusa is a Christian university, and they have been, as far as I know, since the dawn of time. But they are being sued right now by an employee who says he's been physically and verbally assaulted by university employees who perceived him as gay and so therefore labeled him a troublemaker for speaking out against harassment. Now, obviously, I'm not here to say harass somebody whose worldview is different from yours. That's A, it's not like Jesus. And B, it's just, it borders on the ridiculous, right? Uh, we see that happening all over the place now where people are being harassed for their, uh, for their, uh, their point of view. And usually, uh, it's the Christians who are being harassed. If, if I can be perfectly honest, it seems to me like that's what's happening. And obviously, the university is denying the allegations, saying that they respect their employees and they don't condone harassment. But during the, the demonstration now, um, people are, are speaking out, uh, from Azusa about their own experience. Uh, it says that they worshiped and delivered a demand letter to administration. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. So this is what the letter is seeking the university uh, to do. A, a, one, a full investigation and disciplinary actions for those who had allegedly harassed uh, this gentleman. Two, recognition of the LGBTQ plus student group Haven as an official Azusa Pacific University student club. Three, the removal of clauses in the student handbook that discriminate against LGBTQ plus students. Four, the establishment of a campus-wide LGBTQ training for facility and incoming students. Holy cow. Oh my goodness. This is, this is craziness. This is what this guy said. He said, I am, I'm asked oftentimes by Christian universities to be patient while the universities are trying to make progress in this area. But as a gay Christian, honestly, I don't think we have time for patience and for tolerance, said Aaron Green, a gay Christian activist and a senior at Azusa Pacific University. People's lives are at stake. If they aren't self-harming or being harmed by others, they are dying on the inside. Okay. Wow, I, where to even begin to un unpack this? Because this is where your influence is really important, men and women. Listen up. This is some. This is a group of people who are going to a Christian university and demanding that the Christian university no longer be Christian. That's really what they want. They want the university to recognize their group, Haven, as an official um, Azusa Pacific University student club. Which, if the university is going to is going to be true to its Christianity, it could not do. Not in full view of of the Lord Jesus, not in not in recognition of the of uh, of the Word of God. They're demanding that the student, or they're demanding that the university remove clauses in the student handbook that discriminate against them. In other words, they're demanding that they remove clauses in the uh, the handbook that don't line up with the LGBTQ point of view. But I just want to say again, the Bible does not line up with the LGBTQ point of view. It doesn't mean that we don't love people, but we, when, when, when did it go from, uh, from you can have your point of view and I can have mine? When did it go from tolerance to not tolerance toward, uh, Christianity? So with regard to its policies against students having same sex relationships, 
the the university is replying by saying that their stance on marriage has never been a secret, right? Because they're a Christian university. And if you claim the name of Jesus and you also claim to be gay, and I'm not even, listen, we all struggle with stuff. So we can struggle with greed. We can struggle with idolatry. We can struggle with our sexuality. We can struggle with, with, uh, with even being faithful to our spouse, right? But we can't say that we do that and then say that the Bible condones it because the Bible does not condone it. And so this was the statement that Azusa Pacific University uh, uh, gave. They said, APU adheres to a traditional definition of marriage. We are transparent about our belief. Uh, this is what the school is saying. Each student must look at the university's values and decide if Azusa Pacific University is the right place for them. It's an individual choice. Two sections of the student handbook articulate those values, which the LGBTQ students say are discriminatory and go against fostering a Christ-like environment for all students. Listen, you guys, if we're going to foster a Christ-like environment, then we need to study and follow the word of God. That's what a Christ-like environment is. And so what we're, what these students are asking is they're asking us to lay down the Bible and instead exchange it for uh, worldly wisdom. And we must not, and we cannot do that. So I want to, I want you to just be think. well, first of all, we need to be in prayer for uh, Azusa Pacific University, which is just the latest in a string of, uh, of people and uh, professionals that are being targeted by the LGBTQ community. And uh, it's sad to me because we have got to be able to stand on our, on our own convictions. And so just like you can't go to a homosexual church and demand that they change their point of view for you, neither should these other these students be allowed to go to a Christian university and demand that they no longer be Christian. And that's really what's happening. And so I want to encourage you to use your influence and I know that this is that this these are tough subjects, these are difficult uh, certainly difficult times, but I believe that we can lead while we learn. In other words, even if you don't feel strong enough to be a leader, even if you don't feel uh, like like you've been given the gift of, um, even if you don't feel like you are a leader, God says that you have influence, that you have influence. And part of the way, part of the reason why we're, we're having such a struggle right now is because we're not, uh, we're not able to show the way and you can't show the way until you know the way. So I'm going to take you really quickly to Psalm 119 because it's a psalm about the priority of the Word of God. And if we're going to influence the next generation with truth, we need to know the truth because we can't show the truth until we know the truth. And if we're going to stand as believers in this generation, it is going to require an unshakable commitment to the authority of the Word of God. And the Bible is not silent on this issue. It's not silent on the issue of transgenderism. It's not silent on the issue of uh, homosexuality. It's certainly not silent on the issue of marriage. And so I want to take you to Psalm 119. I mean, I could take you to Romans, right? We could talk about, well, what does the Bible say about these things? But really, I want to encourage you uh, toward a place of influence and by reminding you what the Bible says you will be like if you study and walk in the way of the Lord. So Psalm 119 verse one says, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. In other words, you seek him with your whole heart. You don't leave pieces uh, out for the world. You say, Lord, I'm going to, I'm actually going to open your word and see what your word says. I guarantee that these students who are Christian, quote, Christian activists on the, on the campus of Azusa Pacific University are not seeking the whole counsel of God. They're seeking part of it. 
right? And the psalmist is saying, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him, who seek God with their whole heart, also who do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I lean on your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? Here's your answer. By guarding it according to your word. You guys, without guarding our hearts and our lives and our testimonies by the truth of the word of God, we are going to struggle, struggle, struggle. Verse 10, with my whole heart I seek you. There's that word whole again. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. This is the psalmist David saying, I need your help. Teach me your statutes so that I can walk in a way that brings blessing on my life. Verse 13, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. This is such clear instruction, men and women. According to the Bible, this is the way of life. According to God, the way of life is to keep the statutes that God outlines us for us in his word. He's our creator. And the, and the psalmist David says that this should be the highest treasure in our lives. To cultivate an understanding of God's word so that when the culture shifts around us, we run to the word of God. We don't look to men for approval. We look to the word of God. We spoke about this in uh, Kansas City, and I can tell, and I'm running out of time today, and so I'll finish this up on Friday. But I want to just encourage you, before you allow the culture to define who you are, go to the word of God and say, Father, will you define who I am? That's what David's doing. David's saying, teach me your statutes. Show me, Lord, uh, that open my eyes so that I, can, I might see if there's any way that I'm sinning against you. Why? So that... I could live a life that's pleasing to you, my creator, because at the end of this life, you guys, we're not going to answer to a lobby. We're going to answer to the Lord. And we want our lives to so shine before men that they would give glory back to God, that people could look at us and go, man, whatever those guys have, I want that. And so I'm going to come back on Friday and we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like, because I think we confuse, uh, we're confusing uh, speaking the truth with being a brat and being a bully. And that is certainly not God's heart. God's heart breaks for people. And our heart should break for sin. It should break for people around us who are struggling and suffering. But the way that we address a struggling and suffering culture is not to yield to the culture, it's to yield to the Lord. And so when I come back on Friday, I'm going to encourage you. Well, first of all, we're going to, we're going to dig back into the word of God. So if you, if you didn't open up your Bibles today, go back to Psalm 119 and just read it. Read Psalm 119. It's it's basically um, an apologetics for why we should know the Word of God and why we should know the Bible. And then on Friday, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what it means to engage the culture around you and to be driven by principles rather than our emotions. You see, if you are an influencer, and you are, you need God's insight in the culture that's shifting. And to stay strong, we've got to be principle-driven because influence apart from God's truth can never achieve a kingdom purpose. And at the end of the day, we have a kingdom purpose. Every single one of you listening to this podcast today, let me just tell you what your purpose is, okay? Because God lines it out for you in his word. Your purpose is to bring glory to God. 
ultimately to see souls saved because our destination isn't this earth. Aren't you glad? Destination, heaven. And that's what we're going to be talking about on Friday. In the meantime, I'm going to be praying for you, even as I continue to sort of gargle salt water, (laughs) and hopefully I can get rid of this sort of uh, gravelly voice that I've still got going on. But I just want to encourage you, um, join me in my scripture writing challenge this month. If you're interested in becoming part of the MomStrong movement, uh, you can find out more at momstronginternational.com. If you want to start a MomStrong Bible study in your home or in your church, now is a great time to do that. I have written a six-week Bible study that goes right along with the book, Becoming MomStrong, and we are jumping right into the deep end of what's going on in the culture in order to equip influencers to say, hey, um, I may not have all the answers, but let me direct you to the one who does. And let's all direct our hearts and our minds back to the one who does, because he has the answers that we're looking for. I hope you guys are encouraged as we talk about these things, because God said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And even as we continue to talk about and contemplate the events that just happened this past weekend uh, south of San Antonio, we can take hope because we don't live for this world. We live for a world to come. And as Christians, uh, we know that our hope can never be dimmed because our hope does not lie here on this earth. Our hope lies in Jesus. And Jesus said one day he is going to return for his church. He's going to return for his bride. And in the meantime, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be getting ready. So come back and join me on Friday. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to engage the culture around us in truth and love, to be able to bring hope to a hurting world and point people back to the only one who can bring hope and light in the darkness. I love, there's a song that Fernando Ortega sings, and he just says, Jesus, only light in the dark, only light on the shore. It's Jesus. He is the lighthouse. So turn your eyes upon Jesus, even as we struggle and stumble our way along in this world. And I promise you, he will bring you hope. He will light your way. His word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll see you back here again on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.